0: You're listening to a message from Victory Dumagin. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Matt. I'm one of the campus missionaries here. I get to have the honor and the privilege to preach to you the word of God. You have your Bibles with you. Kindly open it to Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. It says here in Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching in the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came. Upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all we believe were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together. In breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added their number day by day. Those were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Allow me to pray for everyone. Father, thank you, Lord, for the gift that we are able to convene together, Lord, to feast on your word. Today, O God, as we open the passage of Scripture, Lord, in Acts 2, verse 42 to 47, would you allow us to understand, Lord, to appreciate, Lord, of how you design the church, God. Lord, allow us to see the beauty of the simplicity of how the church did and exercised their faith. Lord, open hearts, open ears. Lord, allow us, Lord, not to only understand, Lord, in terms of knowledge, in terms of information, but Lord, may the word today really touch our hearts, God. That, Lord, the moment we get out of this place, we will have a deeper appreciation for your church, we will have a deeper love for the bride of Christ. I lift up to you. This I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As many of you know, we are currently going through a new series, right? Pastor Archie Kick started our new series last week. It's called See You on Sunday. So just a couple of things to talk about this new series. We will be talking something that is very dear to us. One, you appreciate the church community. For some of you, it was here that you have grown. This topic that we have today is not only important, but hopefully, it is something that is very dear to us. We're going to be talking about the church. We're going to talk about something that doesn't only involve this building, and we praise God for this building, but we will be talking about that person sitting next to you because the church is not only this building. The church is that person sitting next to you. And why are we talking about the church this moment in time? It's November, Christmas is coming, but why spend time talking about the church? And there's a couple of reasons, and allow me to just establish this one in the first few minutes that I have before we open where we're going to talk about the word. Because after the pandemic, if you can agree with me, somehow we have discovered various ways on how to be still on the church but not be at church. There is a comfort that online church gives to us. And maybe for some of you, if ever Ulan, somehow we have the option to just go on YouTube with the comforts of our home and just as if go to church in our couch. Or maybe for some of us, busy season is coming. Who among you are already planning your groceries? Christmas is coming. And with the busyness of the season, sometimes it can make us lethargic on going to church. We're going to be wrapping our gifts and we're going to be busy meeting people, having Christmas parties. And all of those things coming together, it can make us lethargic. Sometimes it can put the church on the sidelines and just be contented now. Okay, next year na lang po or maybe mag-online church lang po. And this is why we're talking about this one before we enter the month of December. Because as much as there is so much comfort online church gives us and the technology and we praise God for it, it is not God's design for the church. We get to see in Acts 2 verse 42 to 47 how the early apostles modeled to us how the church ought to be. In such a way of doing church, we're able to turn the world upside down. So allow me to submit this to everyone. Let us be careful in changing ancient practices just to cater our modern sensitivities. My heart and what I'm saying this one is that the church, the gathering, your physical presence on that chair is a gift. Everything that happens here, your breath, your smile, everything that happens here, it is a gift. Just by your mere presence, you are already encouraging someone in his faith. And that is how God designed the church. Through this word, see you on Sunday. If you can go back to history, from a pagan world, we were able to turn the world upside down to a Christian that dominates the Christian religion. Why? Because they were so excited every time they hear that word. See you? on sunday now the question is: whenever you hear those words do you still feel the excitement of it if you are a volunteer does see CEO on sunday still resonates with you see you on sunday does it still ring on you see you physically on sunday not in the comment section so this is the question that we're going to ask right now what made the early church so excited to see each other on sunday what were the practices that they had? what were the things that they were doing that they were just so excited to see each other on Sunday. That's what we're going to answer. And we're going to look on Acts 2, verse 42 to 47 to discover what made the early church so vibrant, so joyful that it resulted towards the explosion that resulted towards you and me, praising God this morning. It says here in Acts 2, verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I love how it says here in ASB, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. What did the apostles teach? They were teaching about Jesus. And we know, John 1, 1, Jesus is the Word. So, it's safe to say when the author says that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, they were also devoted to the Scripture, to the Word of God. If you are here, you're carrying with you your Bible, that is what they were devoted to. And it says here, continually. Now, allow me to pause and just have a conversation about that one. Now, continually, is basically, there's a sense of they persevered in something. And I don't know with you, but if you are with me, you're the same person. You're not a Bible nerd or whatsoever. Sometimes when you read your Bible, sometimes it can be a bit confusing. But if you read it with a different tense, sometimes it can get so boring. This is a church. We are open, vulnerable. Who among you can relate with me? Sometimes we feel that way, and I do understand that, and that's why I want to converse with you at the specific topic because the idea that Bible is boring and confusing is probably because of our faulty understanding of what the Bible is. We were thought that the Bible is a book of good advice, a roadmap to life. It is there where we go after how can I fix my behavior. Sometimes we think that's the purpose of the Bible. now, there are portions of that that is true, but that's not the entirety of it. The Bible contains good news; only few good advices. When you say it is news, it's something that happened in the past that you look back to. It's not something that, like, okay, man, I'm so stressed right now. Okay, where is Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven? Oh man, and I don't mean to be sentimentalistic or trying to reduce the reverence we have towards the Scripture. But I think to a certain extent, it's also true to say that the Bible is God's love letter to you. And what do you do in love letters? Your emotions were put into it. How you feel about that moment was put into it. And same way with the scripture. It is the self-disclosure God towards you and me. The series prior to see you on Sunday, what shapes us? What did we talk about what shapes us? Certain doctrinal truth that can actually help us better be built on our faith. What does that do? That if you believe these things, it will actually better be grounded in your faith. The other series that we have, the road out, it was the God's Disclosure of Himself of how He rescued the Israelites from the Egyptian. God's Disclosure of Himself. Who among you still collect love letters, notes, certain notes, birthdays, but why do you keep it? Why? Because something happened there when he was writing it. And same way with the scripture, If we see the Bible as God's love letter to you and me, we will not be bored about it. We will be excited reading it. Why? Because this is what God did for me in the past. This is how God rescued me from the mud. This is one of the early practices that the church did. They gathered to read and study the Bible. The early church gathered to feast on the Word. This is exactly what we are doing right now. This is the early practice of the church. I do understand that sometimes worship is good. I really love worship. Sometimes it makes you cry. It's just a space in a gift of the Lord where you can just express your emotions back to God. But here's the thing, feasting on God's word is just as important, if not the most important. It is the time where we sit down, listen to the word of God being proclaimed in parallel from the person that God has appointed to preach the word. And that's what's going to sanctify us in our walk in our relationship with God. What better way to spend our Sunday than to marvel in God's goodness for you and me. If you are a dad here, we just want to tell you we really appreciate you. I just want to tell you your presence here brings stability to this church and really appreciate your wisdom. We really appreciate your support. And here's the thing. In birthdays, what usually happen? We honor the dads and we have our stories of the good things that our dad did to us. And it's a beautiful moment, isn't it? Remembering the many good things that my father did to me. Sunday service, say the same. We're opening the scripture and remembering, this is what my God did for me. The moment we open God's word, it's not just a time to reprimand you. I know there are moments wherein the pastors would be here and then they will preach lengthy of time. But hopefully we understand the heart behind it, that that person studied the word of God so that he can feed it to us. So let's appreciate our pastors. Another thing that the early church did was fellowship. And when I say fellowship, it's not kaon. Fellowship is more than that. Fellowship is the conversation. Fellowship is the prayers, the encouragement. And allow how it says there that in Acts 2 verse 42, end of fellowship. And in MSG, it says there, end the life together. In Greek, fellowship is koinonia, which basically means mutual affection with each other in the enjoyment of his presence, the participation of his felicity. There is one word that probably would describe this. This might take a a little bit of unpacking, but I think it's going to be worth it. Pairing kuresis. That word is composed of two words. Peri, which means circle, where we get the word perimeter, and you get the word period, circle. And kuresis is where you get the word Choreography. What you do in choreography, you dance. Pericuresis is the circle of dance. And allow me to just lay this one down. I really believe if you get the degree of this and get the gist of this, it will bring in us a deeper appreciation of fellowship. God is Trinity, right? And why is that that God is Trinity? Because God is love. And it is only in the community, That God is expressed and love is reciprocated. And we know what happened with creation, right? Out of the love that the Trinity have for each other. And that's what we have in the Trinity. Perichoress in the circle of dance. You were so in love with one another. They became so happy in what you do when you are most happy. It resulted towards the giving. That's what you do, the giving. And that resulted towards the creation of you and me. Because out of the love that they have within each other, we can participate in the love that they have within the Trinity. That's why we're here every Sunday. We praise our God. We extol our God. We adore Him because we are inside the presence of that love within the Trinity. And how should that translate to our understanding of fellowship? When we are with each other, it's not only Him in yours presence. You are actually inside that circle of dance within the Trinity. Just exactly what happens in the church, isn't it? It's just different when you are in church. Why? Because the presence and the love of God dwells inside the church. No wonder why the psalmist would say that in you, O God, there is fullness of joy. And in your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. That that person sitting next to you, when your family is here, when everyone raises his hand and praise and worship God, You are facing and you are fixing your gaze towards God. And exactly, you feel the tangible love of God through the church, through the presence of the people that are in the church. That's why the church community is such a gift, not a burden. Church every Sunday is a gift of God to us for us to experience His love. Hopefully, our disposition would always be having that understanding. Sunday service is a time where we can feast on the Word of God and enjoy each other's presence and we are inside the love that they are sharing within the Trinity. When you are in a wedding, you don't know anyone. You don't know everyone. You're not friends to everyone. But who among you would say that you're just enjoying everything? What's happening in a wedding? Your heart is just so full because of the beautiful thing that has just happened. Two souls became one. And as you are witnessing that, you see the beauty of marriage. You're just enjoying the fellowship with one another. Hopefully, that's going to be our lens by how we see church. It's a wedding banquet. And same way with a wedding banquet, you just enjoy the conversation. You you just enjoy each other's presence. The early church gathered, not as an obedience to a command. They gathered as a response to an experience. If you are going to read Acts 2 verse 42 to 47, prior to that, there was Pentecost and the preaching of Peter. And what they were doing, they were gathering because they were just so full of the love of Christ. Just experienced the overwhelming grace of God in their life. And as a result of that, they just can't help but tell about the love of Christ, just tell about the love of God, just tell about the testimonies. They gather to remember. They collate to celebrate. And because of their devotion and their commemoration and celebration, what happened afterwards, it resulted towards an explosion. Simplicity of how they did grow the church. Their joyful adoration resulted in gospel demonstration and proclamation. If we get to see that one in Acts 2, verse 42 to 47, it says there, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all and day by day added to them souls. But who among you here have been reached out because of fellowship? There was a gathering in this house, and you were just invited, and you get to see the beauty of the church community. Why? It's so unusual to see people just enjoying each other's presence, just encouraging each other, just proclaiming the goodness of God in their lives. And as a result of that when you get to see, man, this is something so different. The conversation is different, the dynamics is different, the prayers is different, and you get to see this is the tangible expression of of the love of God, and you felt it yourself. They responded to an experience. They were knitted together in love. When we are recipient of each other's love, there is fullness of joy. When we just love each other, you don't even have to force yourself to preach the gospel. You just will. If you are just so full of the love of God, you don't even have to schedule your one-to-one. You will just share the love of God. Gospel proclamation becomes automatic for you because you just can't contain it. You're just so full of the love of God. And that is my prayer for each one of us. How are you doing with your relationship with God? How are you doing and experience the love of God? Sometimes we think of this way, right? Delete me vibes to people sa church. And I'm not saying this to reprimand or to dump in their mood. But sometimes we think like that, right? There really, me, vibes a church, that's why I'm like, okay if I'm going to be alone. But here's the thing, this world, us, I'm pretty sure with my inconsistency and with my failure and with my inability to sometimes be grateful on the many good things that God has for me, I'm sure I'm not Jesus' vibes either. This world, full of pain, suffering, injustice, corruption, this world is not Jesus' vibe either. But guess what? He died for it anyway. The people will be in church, I'm pretty sure. It's not Jesus' vibe either. He married it anyway. You and me, Christ, despite of our inconsistencies, despite of our flawed we are Christ still married the church. There is a story about the king and the queen. We were about to be married in a couple of months. The king was too so good to the people. He gave everything for the people in that city. He gave everything for them. However, something happened in the southern part of the kingdom, and the king was asked to lead the army. So the king went, and he asked the people to take care of his future bride. The king said, while I am away, can you help my bride prepare the preparations for the upcoming wedding? Because the moment I come back, we will immediately begin the ceremony. So the king went on his journey, and the bride was left alone. Two months passed and the king hadn't returned. Six months passed and the king hadn't returned. One year passed and the king hadn't returned. The people became bored, ran out of patience. They now started to quarrel against each other and started to lose interest in preparing the bride because they were too caught up with their differences and became too preoccupied with their own lives. The bride was just silent. She didn't want to force them. She just continued and went on preparing the wedding alone. She tailored her own wedding dress She prepared her wedding table, she needed her own wedding veil, and did her own makeup. Meanwhile, the king was finished and he was so excited to go back to embrace and marry his future bride, expecting that she was well taken care of and everything was all ready. The king is now on his way for a wedding celebration, but what was supposed to be a joyful and jubilant celebration turned out to be a soul-crushing, gut-wrenching, heartbreaking sight for the king. The king found her future bride alone. With tears staining her cheeks, she struggled with uneven an makeup and sagging wedding gown. Because the people have become preoccupied with their own lives, others were quarreling against each other's differences. They have completely forgotten about the bride and the wedding. The bride, forsaken and unsupported, walked down the aisle in desolation. In the stark silence, and the king was there. Her makeup was a Tears glistened in her eyes and the ill-fitting gown mirrored her shattered spirit. She couldn't bring herself to meet her groom's gaze, overwhelmed by a sense of unworthiness and ugliness. How do you think the groom felt for his bride? Devastated. Hurt. It hurted the bridegroom to see his bride neglected and left alone. Friends, we cannot love Christ and not love his bride. We cannot flatter the king with our praises and leave her neglected, and left alone as the church is not perfect. No, it's never intended to be. She's the thing. Christ died for it anyway. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.